everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. We have got a fellow Scotsman on, Mr. Kazra Dash from fatrank.com. And yes, you did hear that rightly, Fatrank. Uh, so, <laughs> in case you thought, what? What the hell? It always gets me every time with that one, Kazra. Uh, it's a yeah, there's, it there's be been a lot of people that like confuse it about another word um, but yeah <laughs> but anyway Kaza you're a fellow Scotsman um, who now lives down south uh, I'm sure people will have seen you kicking around in the Facebook groups at conferences uh, and all that kind of good stuff but for anyone who doesn't know you can you give us a wee bit of an introduction of where you started what you're doing and, and what you're doing just now yeah, so thanks for having me on again. Second time I'll, I'll be on this podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, I started off, um, how many years ago was it now? Many moons ago as a web developer initially, and then I slowly got into SEO by accident. Um, and then I was working at like an SEO agency, maybe for a year or something. Very quickly realized that there is... Um, a lot higher skill gap when it comes to affiliate marketing. Um, and I essentially made the switch over to like leaving the SEO agency that I was employed at, kind of doing a little bit more freelance work, doing um, learning a lot on links and content, what works, what doesn't. Um, and now fast forward five, six years, we've got over 650 rank and rent websites. Um, and I've also got like a load of gambling affiliate sites as well. Not bad progress for uh, whatever it is, five, six years uh, yeah. down the line, because obviously I've known you f for quite a lot of that journey um, from your early days in the agency uh, to where you are now. And like you say, you know, going from a wee guy, <laughs> you know, churning out websites and stuff and, you know, doing the basics of SEO to to get in and doing affiliate and consultations and now speaking and and you know all of the kind of other stuff you're doing is is it's a it's crazy uh, to watch people develop mm -hmm. and, and grow over years. So, um, I but just on that topic, you know, I want to go back because obviously a lot of people listen here who are working in agencies and uh, you know potentially you know are maybe not happy with uh, mm -hmm. the skills they've got or maybe maybe it's an earnings thing you know is is there more money out there that i can earn you know maybe being a freelancer or being a freelancer and affiliate or whatever so what in your head you know you're sitting in that agency you're learning which is great of course um but what in your head what was it that said nah i need to get out of here like, i want to, to to go in a different direction so at the time, the agency that I did work at, um, they done a lot of just local websites and like have any big clients. Um, and obviously, you know yourself, local. Um, once you get past um, knowing like what you actually need, you need citations, you need images, you need to optimize your GMB schema, blah 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 blah. There's not much else to it. You might need a few links every month. There might you might need a few articles uploading. Whereas, obviously, you know from your um, affiliate golf website that you had a few years back. Affiliate compared to local, it's a completely different ball game. Um, so you do learn a lot quicker on affiliate. You do fail a lot quicker on affiliate, but 
if you go back in, fix the changes, and can like just analyze all the Google algorithm updates every few months when there is one, you can't really go wrong. Um, that's what I would probably say is the most important thing when it comes to SEO. Like, how, how do you know the difference between a good SEO and a great SEO? The amount of times that they failed. And if you're going back in and fixing it, you're kind of not giving up. So Google will essentially reward you. Good, good. And as I say, for anyone out there, um, you know, there is more ways to make money than sat in an agency. Not that there's anything mm -hmm. wrong with sitting in an agency, but there is so many other ways that you could be utilising your time and effort. And and I want to move on to the the thing you mentioned there, the, the rank and rent stuff. Again, um, many people talk about rank and rent, lead gen. Is it worth it? Is it not? You know, is it more comfortable to take a client's monthly retainer um, and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that? But obviously you guys um, have done the, the rank and rent thing on a, a massive scale, which I've seen, you know, uh, at the back end and everything, you know, the way these websites are built. I've seen the rankings. Um, I get the concept behind it. Um, <clears throat> but for others that are out there that are thinking, you know, ranking rates a model I want to go down. What what are some of the kind of things that you've seen over the, you know, obviously you've done well over the last six years, but there's obviously mistakes, like you say. What are some of the pitfalls of ranking it? What are some of the don't do this? You know, what is some of the things you've learned along the way with ranking rate that maybe people could avoid? Uh, first and foremost, you know, obviously there's been mistakes. You've balls things up, maybe done too many websites, maybe hosted them all in the wrong, you know, at the one server. What, what sort of mistakes happened in that journey? The hosting is probably very, very accurate because obviously 650 websites. Um, yeah, the the hosting is very important, um, mainly because obviously once the websites start getting more traffic, you're going to need more CPU resources, you're going to need more RAM, et cetera, et cetera. But I think if I'm being brutally honest, having a good quality content writer that knows the topic that they're talking about, that can essentially fill the page up with NLPs and entities, making sure that the page is just... Um, correlated to the actual SERP is probably the most important part. Um, when it comes to links as well, links is like very like extremely important. So, for example, the links that you might need for a solicitor in New York or a lawyer in New York compared to a plumber in Glasgow, the links that you need for those sites is completely different. Whereas some people might say, "Oh yeah, just hit some citations, get some guest posts, and your rank is." definitely not the case um in some cases you need like accreditations um i know that there's a lot of stigma about eat or eeat now um making sure that the brand or the website that you're actually launching is attached to an actual face so if you're an actual solicitor with like a phd degree you've got four or five different accreditations and you come to me as a as a solicitor and say hey kaz can you set me up a website in glasgow I would need um, essentially to put you on the actual website, on the About Us page, write a little bit about you. It just makes the website a lot more realistic. Now, what we have found is when you do incorporate stuff like that, um, stuff that's obviously in the Google Quality um, guidelines, it does help the website. Um, now, if, if I had heard myself saying that two, three years ago, I'd have been like, that's crazy. There's no way Google's checking that stuff. But they, to be honest with you, they actually are. 
Um, I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know if it's manual. I don't know if it's done algorithmically. But from our test data, um, and we do a lot of testing, the, the EAT, the trust signals, do definitely matter. Aye, no, massively. We've seen that with affiliate websites in the past. We know about page, you know, no person, no persona, whatever you mm. want to call it behind it, um, you know, just tanked. Um, yeah. So the, the, the pudding there, you know, with, with uh, what what people are seeing across the board. But before we move on to the next things, there's 650 websites. Someone's going to go, fuck, how long did that take? You know, what did that process look like? Were you sitting thrashing out template after template after template? Did you delegate a lot of that work out? You know, how long did all of that take? Now, I know how long it's taken. You know, it's not been done in a six-month period. That is a, 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 a probably still a work in progress. Um, but just for anyone listening, surely, God, you're not churning out 650 websites yourself. There's other people. What, you know, and, and, and have you got any idea of where people who maybe want to get to that level, ways to cut down their cost? Because you go to a random freelancer, you know, you're talking a grand minimum for a for a, a basic website. So clearly, six hundred and fifty grands is a lot of money for lead gen to invest into it. So, what were you doing to cut the cost down? How did you get that kind of scale and growth going? Yeah, so I surprisingly, I've not actually built all six hundred and fifty websites myself. <laughs> um, SOPs. Um, I think probably Mads is the best person to speak about stuff like that, like management and stuff. Um, but you do need a good team around you, um, a good team that will follow an SOP. Um, now, that 650 has took the team over like eight, nine years now, so I can't take all the credit for it. But for the past like 400, 500 websites, um, it has been the systems and um, staff that I have put in place. Now, to answer your question about the actual cost, um, the biggest thing that I see, and this will probably apply to so many agency owners when I actually say it, is that you've, okay, you've went and scaled out 20 um, SEO um, clients and all 20 websites have different themes, different plugins, um, they're all on different WordPress versions, they're all on different hosting, making sure that everything is very similar like I, I I'll, I'll be brutally honest with the guys now um all of our websites only have free plugins um there's we, we don't overblow anything we always use the same, exact same plugins so as soon as WordPress updates something we were like right okay let's update this one one website is it working fine right okay go and update the rest of the, the 650 other websites making sure that you have strict, SOPs like that in place um, is very important. Like I know for a fact that there's going to be some agency owner that's listening to this and they're like, oh yeah, I've got one client that's on um, WordPress 5.2 with 25 plugins. And then I've got another client that's on WordPress 7.5 with 60 plugins. It's just like, as soon as like there's an update, there's something, there's either a plugin that's going to break, there's going to be a server that breaks, making sure that everything's just like, going hand in hand with, with each other does save a lot of time. Aye, it's <laughs> it's a lot of work and it's, you know, when you talk about those figures, 
it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. I've been there with PBNs and stuff, and you know, stuff's blown up. You know, you've got all these plugins, <laughs> and you use some something like Manage WP to automatically update the plugins, and you know, all sorts of shit's blown up all over the place. And uh, you've got to go back in and restore it, and fuck, it's hell, absolute hell. So I think good advice on you know trying to keep to three plugins. Uh, I think mm. back when I was in PBNs, I think I had plugins to make the website mobile friendly and everything. Um, yeah. So there were plugins for for everything, uh, and the guy that I was using to turn these websites out was a you know a huge plugin guy. Any functionality I wanted was not built into the template. It was fucking plugin usage. So um, definitely don't do it my way. I think that's good advice. Is the you know try and keep the plugins down to a bare minimum. Um, mm-hmm. because it, it was hell, and, and eventually I had to throw the majority of that PB in the bin uh, at, at the end of the day because it all just started falling apart, and it was just unmanageable. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't a great, a great time in my life. It was just stressful, but um, obviously, onwards and upwards away from you know the lead gen uh, or the rank and rent stuff that you've done. Uh, the big topic. Um, that you know that you probably do a lot of your current day to day stuff around is link building. Um, you obviously consult with people on link building. You work with several different agencies out there um, who provide link building services, whether that be a guest post, whether it be digital PR, whether it be edits, um, and any other type of link that's available. Um, you know that there. there are, there's obviously a load a bunch a bunch of different ways to do links and link building is still important so i want to talk talk a bit about that because obviously it's a topic you know if anyone was to ask me what is your actual strength uh you know from from an seo perspective or what is the most enjoyable thing it was always link building pbns tricking people you know even just talking to people, trying to get, you know, news-related stuff and building my personal brand, it was always mm-hmm. focused around um, exposure and the links that those, uh, you know, that exposure gets. Um, <coughs> so you obviously work with the likes of Searcheroo and stuff like that, um, doing the guest posts. But again, what, you know, there's a million different link builders out there, um, link building vendors and all that kind of stuff. Now, we all know that there is link building and there's link building. Some of the stuff is absolutely trash. There's people out there still selling money robot blasts. And not that there's anything wrong with money robot or anything. It all serves a purpose within the industry. But I want to talk about you uh, and how you see the link building game and, and the kind of structures, the tiers, the, the automation side of it, the edits, where all them fit into to mm. your overall strategy. So when, let's say I'm a... A, a newbie, don't know anything about links. I'm coming to you for consultancy saying, Kazra, got a good website here, all the on-pages on point, really struggling in link building. What, what, what? How does that conversation go? What do you advise at the start when someone's link building? Yeah, so I personally, like all, all the consultation that I've done up until now, I'll, go, I'll jump on a call and nine times out of 10, they're overspending on links. They know that links is important. They know that content's important. They're just throwing money away like there's no tomorrow. Um, I think from a fresh point of view, so if you went and bought a domain, craigcampbell.com, um, and you started scaling out um, 
I don't know affiliate shoes, right? So you want to get in the, into the to, into like the running shoes uh, market. One thing that I would definitely say to you is just focus on one sub subject at a time. So if you have running shoes, hiking boots, heels, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, just break the website down into three different parts at that point, right? So only start ranking the running shoes at niche to begin with. Essentially, like the reason why I say that, I'm a, I'm a massive firm believer of breaking down a 40 wall, both from a content point of view and from a backlinking point of view, making sure that you have power going through to all the, all your pages in that silo, and then move on to any other subjects with the site. So if you have 500 articles talking about running shoes, six, 600 uh, articles talking about hiking boots. Don't touch the hiking boots just yet. Make sure that the running boots is obviously ranking first and then move on to the hiking boots. Now, the reason why I say that is because there's a lot of people out there that will build or they, they might have a link budget of, let's say, 10 grand. <clears throat> They'll build five grand of links to the running shoes page and then five grand worth of links to the second subject. And you're essentially just, Google's kind of confused at that point. Um, whereas if you were to start dominating on one niche, you essentially get past the 40 wall. And then if you start uploading more articles talking about shoes, it's actually a lot quicker and a lot easier to rank. So you might not need as much links for subject number two on the website. So I think that's probably the best approach to it. Now, local is a completely different ballgame. Local, you probably need citations, you need power, you need relevance, you just need diversification in everything that you do. Um, one thing that I'll also mention is that when a lot of guys like go out and buy six, seven grand worth of guest posts, they might not see any results. It's mainly probably because you've not been doing tiered link building. Um, the amount of guys that I speak to nowadays that have went and spent 120 grand worth of um, guess uh, 120 grand worth of guest posts and they've just not been doing any tiered link building. You go and look at their uh, guest posts and you're like, yeah, no wonder like half of your backlink profile isn't even indexed yet. You need you need to build some tier twos. Um, you've probably seen it yourself. Aye. Um, it's... Uh... <laughs> A topic that you see all the time, you know, people, you know, think, you know, just having out some guest posts um, is going to do the job. And and for me, what a lot of people don't do or don't realise is a guest post, for example, um, you know, yes, it comes from a website that's got high DR, but it's going to have a low UR um, because it's fresh content. It's never, it's not been indexed. There's no history. You know, there's no power going to it, which is, is where, for me, the, the kind of tiered link building starts, you know. So what can I do that's different from the average Joe, you, you know, yourself out there? How do I beat you? And that is where the tiered link building comes in. What am I building to that to mm -hmm. give myself that extra oomph to beat you to the to, to, to the top position? Um, and as I say, we, we, you know, I do a lot of consultancy and link building as well. And uh, people are like, yeah, 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 I'm spending a lot of money in guest posts and all that stuff. And like you say, spend a lot of money on it that, you know, but what we can't afford to do is build a guest post structure and then build more guest posts to power that up because in terms of money and budget, that's not a cost-effective way of doing it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and that's where I think, you know, your edits and, and you know, even your PR blasts and uh, all of that stuff for me 
um, you know, form part of that overall structure. And even, you know, when people say, does Money Robot work and does, you know, GSA work <laughs> and all these kind of things, yes, they have a place in the, the industry, not necessarily for generating a huge amount of power, but for indexation of your, your tiered um, links and stuff as well, which a lot of people don't talk about, they don't tell you about. And a lot of people go, oh, you know, Craig's talking about Money Robot. You know, it's, it's we're back to 2010. <laughs> and you're like, you, you clearly don't understand how the internet works. Um, so it's all about indexation and, and, and you know, trying to keep um, your tiered structure in the index as well. Um, but, you know, <coughs> when it comes to your kind of tier two uh, and stuff like that, what did you, you know, let's say you've got, you know, I'm just going to narrow this down to basics so that the audience understand. So I've got CraigCampbell.com, brand new website, and I come and I go, Kasha, I've got a grand a month. That's all I can spend. You're going to turn around and say, Craig, that's five guest posts. So I get my five guest posts, whatever. Um, that's there. You know, that that's that's you know my first bunch of links that are pointing to it. And I come back and I say, Kasha, right, I've got some more money. Are you going to sell me more guest posts? Or would you say, Craig, no, we need to power up? those guest posts there with some tears, what, what would your advice be? And what type of links are you throwing at those guest posts? Yeah. <clears throat> so I would recommend tiered link building. I'd probably recommend like three or four links to each of those, the, the initial five guest posts that you mentioned. Um, as for the actual type of links, um, we personally at Sertru use link inserts for the tiered links. Now, <clears throat> some people obviously in the past, like I, I have this argument daily with people and they're like, I've tried loop tiered link building. It doesn't work. And it's like, okay, show me the links that you've actually used for tier tier twos, tier threes, whatever. And it's just garbage. It's just absolute garbage. It's like basically what you're trying to do, what your main goal should be is, okay, I've got a guest post. How can I rank that guest post for more keywords? Now, if you hit it with garbage links like Money Robot, GSA, you're not going to yield any results from doing that. You do need some quality links. Now, again, um, I think we we sell them at like $20, $25 on, on Searcheroo, but it's it's still a lot higher quality than your GSA Blast, than your, um, than your uh, what's Money Robot as well. We typically look at referring domain counts of the tier twos. So if they've got a certain referring domain count, that's when we class that as a tier two link. Um, but yeah, like you shouldn't just be building guest posts. You should be powering them up, mainly because of the reason that you want Google to index them quicker. Like there's a massive indexing issue at the minute on, in Google. Um, you want the page to essentially have a little bit of history, have a little bit of clout. Um, and the more... Uh, bots or crawlers you have going through to the guest post essentially will indirectly power up your money site. Now, when you talk about tiered links in your edits there, um, you know, obviously when we, we buy guest posts, for example, people are talking about DR30+, DR45+, DR60+. Now, a common question I get asked all the time is when it comes to edits, um, what, are you looking for the similar power you know in terms of those metrics so we'll just use dr now i know it's a third party mm. metric by no means the be all and end all but are niche edits as powerful in terms of dr 
Um, or is it about relevance? Is it about the traffic we get? What What is your thoughts when you're looking for edits? What constitutes a good, good edit? You know, and are some of these edits DR fucking sixties uh, in reality? Yeah. So a lot of websites that we've looked at in the past do have a little bit of manipulated DR. I, I, to be honest with you, every website does have a little bit of DR manipulation. It's very easy to manipulate DR, but I'm not hating on it because it is still a very good metric to look at. Um, as for your second question, um, are the link insertions or are, are the niche edits actual um, going to pass the same amount of power? Now, there's obviously pros and cons to both guest posts and niche edits. The pros and cons to guest posts is that obviously you can build a lot more relevance. You can obviously pick the content. Um, more than likely, you're going to be the only link linking from that guest post back to your site. So on that one page, you're going to see the most um, impact from that link, right? Whereas with link inserts, um, there might be two, three, four outbound links off of that page. So you're not just the one link from that um, link insertion. So there is a little bit of like a, it's it's kind of like a gray area where obviously the guest post is only linking through to your website, the niche that might be linking through to two, three different websites. Um, interesting, interesting. Now, other types of links um, go on as well because everyone talks about um, edits, guest posts, and, and stuff like that. But are you throwing other types of links into the equation as well? Where did digital PR, for example, uh, you know, fall into the mix? Uh, and I, I don't mean going out and getting yourself in the, you know, the, the Liverpool Echo or something. I'm talking about your normal PR blast, you know, your uh, news, Google News websites and stuff like that. Does that form part of your overall link building structure or not you know you might say nah we don't really focus on that so i might ruffle a few feathers here i've tested a lot um and i to be honest with you when i say this i want someone to prove me wrong on this the google news stuff that i've tested um bearing in mind like i've spent like six seven grand on google news um stuff like that i've not really seen that much of a ranking boost um however that being said it does help massively for indexing so if you have indexing issues across your website potentially that might be a route that you want to go down um but for from a ranking point of view I've, I, may, maybe i've not tested enough um maybe i need to go back and do a few more tests um and if anyone is watching that does provide pr and they're like oh maybe you should try this gig feel free to send it out to me i'll test it um also, what I would say, uh, and I, I'm not sure of how accurate what I'm going to say, uh, uh, you know, it is. Um, but I was at a conference recently, and Ted Kibaitis from Cora was there, and uh, Ted is like the rest of us: wants to make money, builds links, does the same shit we all do, um, essentially. But he strongly spoke about PR gigs. Um, and the reason wasn't necessarily the power that the the PR blast gave. It was the range of referring domains um, that that goes out. So if he was wanting to boost up, you know, something you know moderate to to competitive keyword wise, would he send a, a a PR blast to that particular category or whatever it may be that that section in his website? He's a big fan, and he thinks that referring domain number 
is mm-hmm. massive. Now, obviously, he works with Cora, which is uh, obviously using a lot of different data across a lot of different websites. So I just, you know, I'm I'm sitting in the middle where I'm going, are PR blasts? I mean, I, I'd still do PR blasts uh, for yeah. a number of different reasons. Um Still, still like them, but again, that that's got me thinking: Is there more to it? Can we structure it slightly better? Is there more tests we can do? Uh, and that's yeah. something I'm currently testing: is the the referring domains. He he believes that that's a big so, big thing. What, I, I have actually tested what he's saying about the referring domain count. Obviously, it's just link velocity, right? Um, link mm-hmm. velocity is definitely bit, like super important. Um, Negative link velocity, which not many people speak about, can absolutely diminish a website. Tank a website tomorrow. You go and build 60 links to your website, Craig. Remove them in two weeks' time. See the results. Like You'll, you'll be shocked. Um, I, I, I do break a lot of stuff as well um, when it comes to testing. And that was one of the things that we tested out. Um, so one thing that I would say is Google News, I've obviously tested didn't see that much of a um, of a result but back to what ted was saying pr um now again i i would class google news and pr as different i don't know if if you do the same but google news obviously i've tested not really seen that much of a result um but pr like it does help getting your brand across it it, it helps improve your brand so if you're trying to get like a, a better branded SERP, so say for example, you're a solicitor in New York, Craig's solicitor is New York, right? If someone uh, searches that and then they see like Yahoo Business, stuff like that, and they're like, oh, these are a bona fide company. Like I do want to work with these guys. Um, so it's kind of like another version of Trustpilot. That I, like, I, that's how I look at it. So if you've got like, a Yahoo Business, a Trustpilot, a Reviews.io, all under your branded SERP and a YouTube carousel, et cetera, et cetera. It just essentially, like, you have more respect when it comes to your actual branded SERP. That, that's how I see it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, something else uh, I want to touch on, on the link building side of things, is... Um, you know, if we look at uh, Search and Oof, for example, you've got your link building packages and stuff like that there. Uh, and obviously some of those packages are like 10 DR30s, 8 DR45s, and 5 DR60s and all this kind of stuff. Now, when it comes to link building and someone's asking a question, do you need links every month, every month of the year? Is that something you think people should do? Is it a quarterly thing? Is it, you know, spend 20 grand up front and then, you know, maybe scale down slightly on the links. What's your thoughts in terms of uh, the, the sheer volume of links? Because again, I get asked these questions all the time. Should it be quarterly? Should it be monthly? As SEOs, if you're a service provider, I we want to get the person's money monthly. But is that necessarily what works? Is that feasible? What's your thoughts on it? Depends on the size of the website. Um, <clears throat> let's say, for example, you've not been publishing any articles, um, and all of your other co- competitors have essentially done the same, right? So it's just a it's just a stagnant niche. They've not been building any links. You've not been building any links. You might not need as many links, um, but that is a dream scenario where your competitors don't build any links, don't upload any articles. Nine times out of ten, it's it's almost a race, um, and I don't mean that um, in a bad way, but 
you are competing against six, seven, ten different competitors. For example, you're obviously trying to rank for like Glasgow SEO and stuff like that. Um, or you, you might have been a few years ago. Um, I yeah. bet if you were looking at everybody else's backlink profile, they would have been building links. And if you're not building links actively, um, you're going to run into some few issues, especially if your competitors land a few good links that will um, outrank. So, yeah, um, I, I, I would personally say like nine times out of 10, you're probably going to need links every month, depending on like whatever niche you're in. But it's um, it's very rare where you don't need any links. Um, that's what I would say. And the one other thing that's thrown around uh, to me on a regular basis in terms of links is topical relevance um, is, is something that obviously people want to, and I think obviously it's no illusion. Google clearly want you to have more relevant links to your website uh, rather than, you know, you being a florist linking to my SEO website, you know, there's no bloody relevance there. Uh, so I think obviously we all know that that's, that's a thing, but where I see a lot of people getting caught up um, <laughs> is they think if they're a plumber that they have to have a plumber's bloody link to the website. And it gets very frustrating for me mm -hmm. um, when you're explaining that to people, you're like, dude, home improvement, you know, a builder, whatever is still relevant. Um, what is your thoughts on I'm not asking how relevant something should be because obviously if we can get a plumber's link, it makes sense to get that. But mm -hmm. how loose would you go? Where did where does the fucking line stop where it's where you're going, hey, that's a bad link? That that's to be honest, it's a really good question. Um yeah, like I so I've recently released a course and I actually went into detail about this because it annoys me when people say, No, it needs to be plumbing. It's like, according to who? according to your competitors you, they they've not got only plumbing uh, links right starting off yes there go go and get all the plumbing links that you can but i'm telling you now if you're a plumber in new york and you want to try and rank there's going to be a finite amount of links there might be let's say 10 links that you can get that are all talking about plumbing they might have videos on all all their articles it's just, it's just completely plumbing, uh, plumbing related website what are you going to do mm -hmm. for the next for the other three hundred links that you need to acquire? Like you can't just yeah. get plumbing links, and that's when I would say you need to be a little bit more loose. Um, and to be honest, that that does take time. Like there's not like an easy way of saying right, okay, I'm going to go and acquire ten plumbing links. So you might end up acquiring one plumbing link this month, two plumbing links the next month, and one link the month after that. But then you need to obviously mix and match. Um, like there's a lot of people that just want to build power. There's a lot of people that just want to build guest posts and like relevance. Um, and nine times out of 10, when you look at those websites after an algorithm update, they're the ones that get that end up getting slapped because the website owner has just neglected get, um, relevance or they've neglected power. They've just went for one or the other. Um, I think that both is very important, both power, both um, relevance. Now, to say that you're going to get a powerful, relevant link talking about plumbing, there might be 10, 15, 20, 40 links, but then you might need, let's say, you might have, you might still have a link deficit of, let's say, 200 links. So all 260 links isn't going to be talking about plumbing, isn't also going to be um, powerful, and 
it's, it's, ju it's just a very, very, very vigorous list and it's an unrealistic list. And I think that's what a lot of SEOs end up over-analyzing. They'll load up Ahrefs, they'll look at their competitors' lists, links. By the time you've loaded up Ahrefs, by the time you've spent three days analyzing the links, guess what? Your competitors have built five non-relevant links that you would call non-relevant, but they're in home improvements and it does help the website rank. Yeah. So the, the question I would put to you, just a wee kind of fun question, there's a DR60 non-relevant website on offer or a DR35 very relevant. What link are you taking? Both. One or the other. DR35 relevant. Cool. Uh, well, I actually, actually, I to, let, let, let me rephrase that, right? If, if I have just started off in that niche and my website needs power, I would go for the powerful link. If, mm -hmm. I'm a, if I'm an established website that might need a little bit more relevance, I might not have the most powerful backlink profile, I'll go, or I might not, sorry, I might not have the most relevant backlink profile, I would go with the, the more relevant link. I, I would properly analyze what my actual backlink profile have, but nine times out of 10, if you were to ask me that, I would pick both. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what would you pick? Uh, again, my answer would be something along the, the lines of you. It depends on where, uh, you know, where you're at in that journey. You know, if I'm sitting here with a DR5 uh, and, you know, I'm trying to get up a DR35 um, at that point or whatever, you know, the average that the competition's got, then I may be swayed by power um, over relevance. But, the point I want to make is further down the line, you do have to get that balance right between power uh, and relevance. And even in a local level, geographic specific type stuff, um, it's, you've got to get all the kind of the mix in there. But so many people out there go after one or the other, sheer power or sheer relevance. And I think it either narrows down your opportunities um, in terms of link acquisition um, or you're going to fuck your relevance of your website up completely uh, and you're mm -hmm. going to be seen as a website rather than a plumber. Um, you know, if, if, you know, these tools out there, um, like Majestic and stuff, you know, you look at the topical relevance on there and they're like, yeah, your website is a bloody news website. <laughs> you're like, no, it's not <laughs> an SEO website. Um, so, yeah, you just need to bear that in mind. So it's a, it's a good question to ask for a bit of fun. Everyone's always got a different answer, though, or they stumble and they're like, hey, hey hang on. You know, depends. So I just wanted to see um, if you would dive in and, <coughs> you know, say, nah, nah, it's all about relevance or whatever. So there's always arguments to be had and always mm -hmm. everyone has different viewpoints on it and uh, all that stuff, which is uh, all good and healthy. But you mentioned a wee course that you have recently launched. What's in there? What What is it? Um, you mentioned, obviously, off-air, probably not for beginners, probably for, for uh, the more advanced people. Um, but obviously, you're not going to give it all away on here. Hi, I'm telling you about this and that. But if anyone's going, I quite like what he's got to say about links. Where can I find out more shit about his interpretation of links? That course is obviously going to be a good place. So... Where do we find it and what's in it? So it's on internetmarketing.gold um, if anyone wants to go and sign up. 
It's called the Link Building PhD. So by the end of it, you will acquire a PhD in links. Um, it talks about everything that you possibly need to know. So if you're trying to scale out links um, and you don't know where to start or you might know a little bit on links, but you don't know like what filters to be looking at, <clears throat> like it has it all. So like it goes in DR manipulation, true DR, spam scores. <clears throat> I do a little bit on how to do outreach. Um, I mainly just pay for a lot of the links. So I'm probably not the best person to talk to on outreach. Maybe go and contact someone like BB or whatever. Um, yeah. But then we also have like link intersects, tiered link building, literally everything that you need to know about how to acquire the best type of links and when you should acquire links. Like a lot of websites I look at nowadays um, aren't even ready for links. So it will essentially tell you like what pages you should be hitting, um, anchor text ratios, dress posts, pros and cons. Um, like everything you need to know about links is in that course. Yeah. No, that's cool. Internet marketing gold people. Um, if you want to check that out. But we are out of time. We don't want to bore people too much with link building chat. Um, but if anyone wants to reach out to you, uh, for consultancy on links, to talk about links, just to talk to you, where is the best place for folk to find you? Um, either searcheroo.com, uh, two O's at the end, or my Twitter, which I believe is Kazra underscore dash. Um, just hit me up on there. My DMs are open for the next like 10, 15 days. So if anyone's got any questions, um, feel free to just drop me a message on there. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um to be honest, I'm, I'm everywhere. So just do do a sweat search. You'll see my face. Um, and we can obviously touch base and start talking about SEO and links and stuff like that if anyone's got any questions. Or you can also get Kazra on WhatsApp. It's 0 <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see your reaction there. <laughs> If you would talk over the top how would you end up getting a VA on it, mate? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so nah, I appreciate you coming on, mate, and talking uh, a lot about stuff. Finally, um, I'm not sure uh, if we're allowed to say this yet, um, as such, but what you told me was happening um, later on in the year. I'd be allowed to talk about that, just tell me to shut up if we're not. I think we should be able... Yeah, go on. I've already sent my photo. I should be on the poster within the next few days. So, if anyone likes what Kazra's got to say, Kazra's obviously trying to build um, his career, his journey, um, you know, get into speaking and all of that stuff. And he has been fortunate enough to get himself on the stage at Shanghai SEO in November. Um, which is, uh, a, you know, one of the best events out there that I've personally ever been to, not because I'm also speaking there genuinely, you know, speaking, not speaking. It's a great event, great crowd, and a great opportunity for you to to get, you know, how many speaking gigs have you had publicly proper in front of an audience? Have you had any None. big ones? None. None? None. So I'm, I'm going I'm to ramp up this year. So that will be... <laughs> That will be, well, it's your first one you've agreed to. It might not be the first one you do. Um, 
But I think, you know, to land that as your first ever speaking gig is a, a good thing, man. It's nice to nice to see because <laughs> it take take it took uh, me years uh, mm-hmm. and begging and uh, you know trying to to get people to pull strings in the background to get that opportunity. So to to land that um, on, for your first speaking gig is exciting yeah. times, mate. Exciting times. So I, I, casual. One, one, one thing that I would like to mention just as a last closing line is um, your network is definitely your net worth. The people that you surround yourself with um, do help you a long way. And I think over the years, Craig has definitely helped me. There's been other people such as Gary Wilson, um, James Dooley, Kyle Roof. So all, all, all of these guys are like family to me. Um, and I probably wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for Craig and Gary. Many, many moons ago when uh, you messaged me about um, a certain mastermind to attend. Um, so, yeah, definitely very thankful for that, Craig. Uh, uh, I'll never forget it. The Liverpool uh, mastermind. It was a great night out, I, I, you know. But um, Dooley, there, right? You come to work for me. Just <laughs> like a random over a couple of beers uh, conversation, and uh, obviously your career direction changed, which is good. But uh, you know, I think my advice to anyone, and and obviously I've seen you um, as a young uh, guy, you know making these movements. I've seen it with Gary Wilson. Um, and, and the big thing that both of you guys and many other guys that I've dealt with have done is actually took the time, the effort, the cost. You know, no one paid you to come to Liverpool. I mean, you drove up in your own car. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you took a day off work, skived off work, whatever the hell it was that, that you'd done at the time. Um, but, you know, that's a big thing in itself. You're like, geez, I need to get there. I need to get surrounding these guys. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the likes of Gary, I've told the story a million times. I said to Gary, come to Brighton SEO with me. We'll meet, uh, you know, Dooley and, and all the other lads and I'll introduce you and we'll get a laugh. And and he's like, dude, it's going to cost me like four or five hundred bucks and by, by the time you pay for, a, you know, the train down and um, hotel and, and, you know, the, the, the ticket and all that stuff. Um, and he's like, dude, I, I don't want to be paying that. That's a lot of money. Uh, and again, you know, he's done it. You know, I don't know what done it because he wasn't dragged by the, the throat or anything like that. You know, he, mm-hmm. something and he said, I'm going to do this and he done it. Uh, and he might have not had a lot of money at that time. Uh, and I'm sure he'll tell you. <laughs> he's like, no, yeah. I'm not paying. <laughs> um, and he done it. And, and again, to see, um, <coughs> you know, his career progress, um, I think the big thing is, you know, you have to get out networking, take action. And you might look at that and go, I mean, you were based in uh, Northampton at the time, yeah. you know, and coming up to Liverpool, um, you know, driving up there in your own um, to, to meet a bunch of guys that you'd met online. I, I, I'm going to assume for a lot of young guys, that can kind of be daunting. You're like, geez, you know, some of these guys are older. Some of them are, you know, a bit, you know, brash and all that kind of stuff, whatever. You know, you, you know the crowd, they're, they're crazy. They're, they're great yeah, guys, yeah, but yeah. That's intimidating for a for a young lad. So the big thing there is, obviously, you got up off your ass, spent your own cash um, and going. Um, and that is, that, that's the big message I would always say to people is you've just got to get out. Too many people are quite happy to sit in their comfort zone. Uh, and that one little thing, obviously change the direction of your career to, to where you are just now. You know, one conversation, one trip, and boom, you're, you're somehow 
and doing rank and renting, coming away from web design and, and getting more into the SEO. So for anyone else out there, I think it's just about creating your own opportunities and uh, stuff like that. So aye, it's amazing to see me. And uh, <laughs> as I say, uh, for, for you and any others out there, um, it's great to watch progress. And then people get on to do speaking, you know, because you know, I always remember uh, you were just a wee guy that done a wee cheap website for, for one of my, I'm not going to say the name because it's a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I forgot about that. Um, you know, Kazra, can you knock this up? Yes, whatever it was, 60 bucks or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, I'll knock you up a, a template. So uh, going from that to, to doing affiliate and speaking on stage is uh, it's some achievement in six years. So I think it's uh, inspiring for other people to watch and, and potentially learn from it. So it'll be good to see other talks and other stuff that you do, mate. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, guys, the links below are for Kazra, um, his Twitter, and search it through. And, uh, yeah, reach out to him. Uh, he's an approachable guy and has a vast amount of knowledge and experience. So uh, definitely worth a conversation with anyway and see where that goes. So, Kazra, thanks very much for coming on, mate, and hopefully catch up with you before Shanghai anyway. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having us.